Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. We are going through every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels still, and our passage today is Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 4. And I will go ahead and read it in the New Living Translation. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So not only <laughs> not only does one have to become like a little child to enter the kingdom, but those who are as humble as this little child that Jesus had on his lap perhaps is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we're talking about childlikeness versus being childish. Why don't you kick us off? Jesus invites us to become like children. But what does that really mean? I think there's been a lot of there's been a lot of conversation about how children are curious and how children are playful and a whole bunch of other things, how children are dependent. But I'm not sure that any of those things is the key to this passage. Mm. That Jesus is talking about what what perhaps is the the fundamental aspect of being a child and that is a child has a parent and a child has a certain kind of relationship with a parent a relationship of mm. trust a relationship of taking guidance and taking direction and really uh, the, the the child is fed by the parent the child gets life from the parent. And Jesus is saying that that that's our that is our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And we need to we need to realize that. We need to realize the the truth of that. And that's how that's how that's how we become participants in the kingdom. That's mm-hmm. how we become great to use Jesus words. That's how we become great in the kingdom by recognizing what the real connection is between us and God. And Jesus, of course, models this, Mm. right? He models this in the Gospels because how does Jesus address God time after time after time? Mm. Father. That is the way that Jesus addresses God. That's the relationship that's there. And Jesus invites us to do the same thing. When the disciples ask Jesus, so, Lord, how, you know, John teaches his disciples how to pray. Can you teach us to pray? And he starts off with, pray like this, our mm-hmm. Father. 
that's the defining relationship mm-hmm. for how we understand our participation in the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The text says that Jesus put this child, this little child, in the midst. So if we can envision it, he takes the child and maybe leads it by the hand and puts the child in front of him as an illustration, a visible Mm. illustration. And childlikeness, it's amazing. It's a qualification for entrance into the kingdom. Mm. I mean, the wording is strong, unless you become like a little child. But it's also a qualification for status in the kingdom. He says that anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. So you have entrance and status. The different translations use different terminology when it comes to this particular statement unless you be converted Mm. that's the new king james unless you turn from your sins that's new living translation unless you turn that's the esv unless you change the point here is not just believing in the sense of you're giving mental assent you're intellectually agreeing all right about jesus or who jesus is or following jesus but there's a change involved. To turn stands for change. And according to the Lord, he or she who humbles themselves like a child is great. And what's radical about this, Tim, and you know this, is that the model of greatness that Jesus is giving, which is to become like a child, is completely countercultural hmm. in that day, especially. You know, he doesn't say, Unless you become like a statesman or a leader or someone who's greatly gifted, those are the people who are going to be great in the kingdom. No, he says someone who is as helpless and dependent and trusting, as you pointed out, as a child, only those people are not only going to be able to enter, but they're also going to be great. There are many other places in Matthew where Jesus uses illustrations that involve children. And I'm just going to read a few of them. Matthew 18, verse 10. So that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Little ones. It's a reference to children. Verse 12. In the same way your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And then you have Matthew 10:42. If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. And then you have Matthew 11:25, where Jesus is talking to the Father, and he says, You have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but revealed them to little children. And then you have Matthew 25, verse 40. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, the least of these could be a reference to children, as well as other people who are considered to be the least. And then Mark 9.35, Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. So when I think of children, I think of beyond trusting, beyond helpless, beyond dependent, 
is they're insignificant. Hmm. They're of low status. They take the lowest place. They're powerless and they're statusless, especially in this culture. They were regarded as being those without any status. What say you? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's certainly a piece of it that it is precisely the people who are without status who are favored by God, right? That's a consistent theme all the way back to uh, all the way back to the Israelite slaves in Egypt, right? Mm. That, that God that God has special concern for for those people that are that are most vulnerable. And that's that's a piece of how how God is transforming the world. And I think we'll pick up that in some of the passages that we're going to look at later about uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And that and that piece of it, I think children, mm. children is an aspect of that, right? Because mm-hmm. as you said, in that, in that society, it's not like in our society where, oh, you're children. Well, you do everything for your children. In that society, it's like, come on, hurry up and grow up so you can work on the farm. Mm. And it's not the same way of, of, of looking at... Uh, you know, looking at those little lives. But I do think that the primary meaning of, of this passage and bringing up children is the relational one. When we're looking at this, the definition and the dynamic comes from the relationship that the father has with Jesus, not the, mm. not the human father-children, son, <coughs> or, uh, father-children, parent-children relationships mm. that we see. That God is the one that defines the way that this that this works, mm. and that although the, although there are aspects of the humility and the mm-hmm. and the leastness that come into this because that's that's how God works in the world, the movement is into this relationship. The kingdom is is ultimately about relationship, and I think that's why although there are a ton of metaphors about our relationship with God, that God is king, God is our master. Mm-hmm. And Paul will say repeatedly that he's the slave of Christ, that there's truth that gets expressed in that, but that the, the, deepest, the deepest reality comes through what's, what's here in this passage, that it's as children, not as slaves, not mm-hmm. as servants, not as, look, Lord, how hard I worked for you, mm-hmm. but it's, Lord, I trust you. Lord, mm-hmm. I love you because you first loved me. Mm. And again, the wording is strong, unless you be converted and become like. So this is something that it's not natural and it's not popular and our default is not to become like a little child. Mm. I'm talking about in our fallen nature in the flesh is something that takes a an intention to turn to change to become to be converted i mean these are all the terms that come out in the different translations that are trying to capture uh, what this greek word means or the original aramaic children were in that day and in many respects today in our culture we're americans but they were belittled seen as insignificant by had the lowest position in the social scale of status they were the lowest in the pecking order <laughs> of the world so so that's just a shocker just just to understand that when he did that i'm sure they were all thinking what 
I have to become the lowest in the pecking order to to enter the kingdom. He's using a child to illustrate this and to be the greatest, to humble myself as a child to be the greatest. And so this shows you the kingdom of God does not operate into a survival of the fittest as it is in the world. Because if a child has no social status, no political significance is given to the child, they are, um, as it were, poor in spirit. As we looked at, we uh, examined and discussed Matthew 5, 3. But to me, that is the very thing that causes a person to be trusting in that which is invisible and you cannot see and you cannot prove. If I am high and mighty and I have the best that this world can give and I have a great degree of status... And whether it comes in the form of honor, glory, money, fame, possessions, political or social power. Why do I need to put my trust in anything, let alone an artisan from one of the worst places and the most base and humble places on the planet, Nazareth? And to put it in terms that we have today, we can't see him physically right we can't prove him sure we can marshal evidence and all that whatever wrong of societal status you have to become like a child in this business of trusting and being receptive and putting your dependence upon it means i have to lower myself i have to see myself as lower than one who doesn't need anyone i can do it by myself I have all that I need, which is the typical posture of the modern American, by the way. I don't need God, you know. Right. And that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying. Humble yourself like a child. Put yourself in this position and therefore be trusting and dependent upon me. Exactly. It is that relationship of trust and recognizing that we are at our fullest when our hands are open to receive what God is giving us. Mm. And when we are mm. ready to be like obedient children, right? What, what do obedient children do? They do what mom or dad says, even though they might not understand why. Because they trust. Because they trust, because they know this is somebody who's trustworthy. This is somebody who mm-hmm. knows more than me, who has my best interests at heart more than even more than even I do. And I think one of the amazing things is that Jesus actually models that for us. You pointed out the the scene in Gethsemane where Jesus mm-hmm. says, yeah. "Not my will, mm-hmm. but your will be done." Mm-hmm. Right? And that throughout Throughout his ministry, Jesus is ministering in the power of the Spirit. And, and as he says, my father is still working. I only do what I see my father doing. Mm. There's that relationship there. He had there. a childlike had relationship, relationship with, with his, his father. father. That's good. So, why, so how, does that, how does that work itself out? And even, mm. even when he raises Lazarus from the dead, right? Powerful miracle. I mean... This is this is a big one, as you said. You know, he's been in the grave four days. He stinketh. 
And does Jesus go in there and say, simply say, Lazarus, come forth? Well, he does. But then what does he do? He turns to his father. Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. John eleven forty one. This is the relationship, right? This is the, mm-hmm. this is the relationship. This is how a child, he's modeling for us. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get into the kingdom because we model that, just like you said, mm-hmm. we model that childlike trust and confidence. Yeah, I love that passage there in John 11 because right after he speaks to his father, he says, I'm not talking to you out loud except for the sake of the people around me listening, which indicates that most of his conversations and his communication with the Father was internal. Mm -hmm. And this is one case, and there's another case in John 17, for example. But he's saying, I've already prayed, I've already gotten clear on this, but I'm just saying this for the sake of the people listening to me so they could see I have this childlike relationship with you and I want them to hear it from my own mouth Mm. Uh, but this was not normative it was an internal communication with the father continuously but that's a different story I just want to make one more point about this last piece of this passage where he says verse 4 so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom God does have favorites He plays favorites. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'm quoting Peter and James. So in that sense, he does have favorites. You know, God doesn't have any favorites. Well, he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. If you want to be great in the kingdom, (laughs) humble yourself. You become poor in spirit. He doesn't really care so much for those who are rich in spirit, a la the Pharisees. And I like that later, when we get to chapter 19, in verse 13, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Wow. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, Jesus is just full of surprises. He was then, he is today. And that's all I have to say about this passage. Be converted, change, turn, become like a little child, and also humble yourself like a child. Amen. That's the the key term. The key term always for being able to even see the kingdom. Yes. Is to be converted, to repent, to have a change of mind, Mm. to be transformed. Because we can't even see the beautiful reality of the Mm. kingdom without God's spirit working on us Mm. to make us humble Mm. and open. I was just reminded of the situations where very strong, harsh, hard-nosed, rough men who used to be in the mafia and would actually terminate people's lives, not only through gun violence, knife violence but by beating them some of these guys became like little children and believed in jesus and are following the lord right now and when you hear their testimonies it's like this grown he's not just a grown man but this is a guy that had it all 
and not only that, but dominated people with power in the worst forms. Mm. And he's like a child now. He believes in a God he cannot see and is given his allegiance to that God. That's the picture that comes to my mind when we think of maybe the most drastic situations where a person has become like a child to enter God's kingdom. Hmm. It's guys like that. Wise guys. Good fellas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll end it there. We will see you in the next episode of the Insurgents Podcast. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.